you guys what's going on welcome to the camera ads 10 pounds that's right i'm your host peter sirs what's up you guys uh it's been a minute i'm sorry it's been a crazy couple weeks but i'm back uh before we start though I got to tell you guys, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. Peter, what's Performa? Well, they are a fitness, they're a fitness company, but they, they specialize in fitness accessories. So if you have someone that enjoys health and fitness like myself, even a gym goer like myself, they have the best products for that person. They've got shaker cups. They've got workout towels, the best workout towels. They've got pill containers. They've got meal prep containers, meal prep bags. They've got, I don't know if I said pill containers, but they have those two, wrist straps, wrist straps, everything. And also, if you have a business, you can get your logo personalized onto some of their merchandise and then bam, you got you know little gifts to give away or sell to your customers. So um, go to performa.com. I love them. You love them. Um, enter the promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds. You will save 15% off of your order. And as always, this podcast is also brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. What? That's right. Um, I take their supplements. They have I don't know if they've necessarily changed my life, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm still kicking. I'm 43, and I have no signs of slowing down. So um, they have all your fitness supplement needs. So if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to gain muscle, if you're trying to boost performance, if you're trying to feel better, just have overall health, they have all the supplements for you. Multivitamins, protein powders, creatine, glutamine, arginine, L-leucine, isoleucine. They have it all. Okay? Go to, go, go to buckedup.com. Enter the promo code 10 pounds, the number 10 and the word pounds, and you will save 20% off your order. Um, all right, you guys, I uh, it's just me today. We've been doing a lot of these, and it's okay. Um, this is just a, a podcast to uh, kind of just be like, say, sorry, I was gone for two weeks. No, you guys are looking forward to me getting back here. And I actually had an interview set up for last week, and the person I was going to interview uh, was not feeling well, and then that was really the only time I had, and I just was like, okay, and then I didn't, you know, so whatever. It's just me. Um, just got back from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and holy fuck, you guys. I got some stories to tell, man. <laughs> Ugh, like, I mean, I just, okay, well, first of all, I'm a good storyteller. I tell stories on stage. I tell stories in real life. Um, I think it's one of my better qualities, honestly, because I've kind of had a life now, you know, and, you know, I think about it and, you know, obviously at this point I'm 10 years into comedy. I'm, I'm hitting the point in my career where I'm supposed to, you know, kind of, be a real comic and be established and you know maybe even be close to being famous and I mean maybe I'm all those you know I don't know but I do know that I had a blast this weekend and I'll, I'll get into that but first I gotta just kind of talk about where it started man uh, so just fun fact so I think you guys remember I mean if you list depending on how far how long you've been listening um, last time I went to Canada was last year uh Right around the same time, actually, last January, when uh, my buddy uh, John Edward Brickley, who I had on the podcast when we were there, um, he and I went to Lethbridge, also in Alberta, and we performed at Good Times. And, uh, you know, it was right, you know, kind of on the tail. I mean, I guess we're still in COVID, right? There's still a pandemic going on, apparently. Uh, people are still getting COVID, which is fucking bananas. Um, but... Uh, I didn't. I hadn't realized that I needed to get a COVID test to get into Canada. I thought I just needed it to get back, and so I was at the airport, and then I had to leave the airport to fucking go get a COVID test, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna, if the results were gonna get back. It was just a whole thing, you guys. It was fucking stressful as fuck. Thought I wasn't gonna make it. Ended up making it. Ended up being a great weekend and so forth. So, um, <laughs> this time I made sure I checked all the prerequisites of whether or not I needed. A COVID test or whatever to get into Canada. Made sure I had my passport. Um, I was actually overly stressed out about that. Made sure I had my passport, obviously. And then I get to the airport and uh, I'm checking in, and I can't find my fucking passport. And I, uh, I kind of have a system of kind of uh, flying in and out of LAX when I have to. I, I, you know, I've been trying to fly out of Ontario. 
um, as much as I can because it's exponentially easier. I don't even need a system there. I just fucking park in the parking lot, walk to the terminal, fucking it's it's booyah. Or I get my brother to drop me off, you know, depending on what time my flight is. You know, my brother does enough for me. Um, anyway, so I don't like to wake him up if I have an early flight, which I often do. So I only make him take me to the airport if I have a flight that's at a decent hour. But um, I kind of have a system of, you know, when I fly out of LAX now, depending on where I'm going and how far I'm or how long I'm going to be gone. You know, there's certain because uh, parking at LAX fucking sucks. It's overly priced. It's 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 a fucking ripoff is what it is. And obviously no one wants to take you to LAX because it's a fucking pain in the ass because it fucking sucks. Uh, you can't take an Uber because it's like $100 just to fucking get there from, you know, right down. The sh- it, it's, it's, it's really ridiculous, to be honest. But I kind of have a system now. Um, like I said, depending on how long I'm going to be gone, there are several hotels nearby where you can park at the hotel. And then they have a shuttle that goes from the hotel to the airport. So you just park, hop on the shuttle. They drop you off at LAX, and then when you arrive back, you fucking get on the shuttle, get back in your car, and it's it's actually really easy. It might take a little bit longer than if you actually parked at LAX, but it's a fraction of the price and just less stress involved because, like I said, you don't have to drive into LAX. So if I'm only staying a few days, I do that. If, I'm a, if I have a longer stay, um, I kind of have this system of... I there's this thing called uh, the L the, the flyaway, and basically it's a it's just it's like a it's like a bus that you take and it, you get dropped off in van there's one that, that goes from union station and there's one that goes from van nuys I, and i wasn't gonna go to downtown because i fucking hate union station i hate downtown so um i just i, I do the van nuys one it's like five bucks a day to park there it's like nine dollars for the shuttle and it's still like i said it's exponentially cheaper than parking at lax um you just got to account for the extra time you know, but it's the hassle is what's worth the extra time. It's kind of the fair trade. So that's what I did. And uh, I'll start here. The story starts here. Um, <laughs> the fucking guy who like runs the shuttle. So basically he, he drives the, the bus and uh, then he, you know, unloads everybody's suitcases and whatever. He doesn't load them onto the bus. He just helps people load them off. So, you know, I'm getting off the bus or I'm, I'm on the bus, and this guy's huge. He's got to be at least 400 pounds, probably more. And he's yelling at one of the guys that's getting off the bus because his bag is oversized and it's, like, over whatever. And for my first thought is, like, what the fuck does this guy care? Like, it's not like he's paying for the extra, you know, poundage or whatever. Like, why does he have to be a fucking asshole? Like, and then I'm like, oh, it's... I'm not being an asshole, but it's probably because he's fat, really fat, and he gets upset because it's hard for him to lift it because he's fat, right? So my pe- my my suitcase was actually uh, it was close. Like what pisses me off is that every time I pack, you know, I try to fly Southwest whenever I can, but obviously I'm flying to Canada, so i don't have i uh, can't fly southwest they don't go uh, they go to mexico but they don't go to uh they don't go to canada and so you know i'm flying international and uh i just i always pack and then i always think that i'm over and then i fucking weigh the thing at the airport and i'm always like 10 pounds under you know eight pounds like fuck dude i could have put like another pair of shoes in there or whatever you know so this time you know i had to pay for my luggage because i wasn't flying southwest so i had to like try to get it all in one fucking suitcase and it had all my merch i was going to be there for four days you know it was wednesday through saturday so i had to take all my merch all my t-shirts my hoodies like clothes for four days and when i pack you know i don't just pack clothes i pack you know i pack workout clothes i pack workout shoes like i've got you know, I've got outfits for nighttime, I've got workout outfits, and I probably have a couple outfits for, like, just walking around during the day as well, my athleisure, as we call it, and so I had a lot, and I was, like I said, with all my, with all my merch and everything, you know, we're always trying to save money, so I don't want to get two suitcases, so I tried to pack it all, and I knew I was close, okay, so I packed my bag, and I don't have, I don't have a scale, so I'm just like, okay, I'm pretty close if, Worst case, you know, if I'm over, I'll pay the extra fucking whatever, right? Because my flight was early. I wasn't going to have time to buy another suitcase at the airport or, you know. So, anyway, uh, you know, the guy, 
takes out my suitcase and he fucking he doesn't even lift it he kind of uses this like thing and he kind of just tosses it on the fucking sidewalk and i'm like hey man like and he's like that that suitcase be too heavy anyway you know and i was like it's too heavy he's like hell yeah it's too heavy you can't even lift it i was like i can't lift it because it's on the fucking floor dude you threw it i I was fucking pissed and i was pissed because i was gonna fucking tip this guy and he got fucking attitude with me and then when he threw my shit on the floor my suitcase opened up like it was is a piece of, my suitcase is a piece of shit it's falling apart and since he threw it on the floor it caused the zipper to fucking bust open so anyway fast forward back i'm checking in and with all that fiasco of having to fucking you know pick up some of the shit that fell out of my suitcase clothes make sure my my thing zips back up again whatever um, i'm checking in and i can't find my passport and now my heart drops because I know I fucking had it. I had it on the bus. I, I reached in my bag and made sure I had it. And now I'm thinking maybe, you know, in the fiasco of him throwing my suitcase, maybe it fell out of my pocket or something. I don't fucking know where my suitcase is, dude, and, or, or where my passport is. And now I'm freaking out because if I don't have my passport, like, I can't go on this trip. And not only that, but I'm going back to Edmonton in a couple weeks to work another comedy club up there. And now I'm going to have to cancel that gig. So now I'm like, I'm crying because I've been looking forward to this and I'll, I'll, I'll get into that later. But I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm really emotional, you know, like I'm still kind of going through everything I've been going through, you know, like I feel like I'm on the other side of it. But, you know, I have my days, I have my moments, I'm human, you know, um, and I start freaking out because I, I, and I'm looking for my fucking passport. And I know I fucking have it, dude. And so I go back outside to see maybe if it fell out of my pocket and it's in the street where the fucking suitcase and I can't find it. And I'm just like really upset. So, you know, I take a couple deep breaths. I go back into the airport and now I just fucking start searching through my backpack and my other bag, my carry on that I have. And then lo and behold, I reach into my pocket, which I had already done. And my passport is there, but it's so thin that it's kind of like being masked by my phone. My phone's almost the same size as my passport. And I find my passport and I'm like, holy fuck, dude. So now I'm just like extremely relieved. Like I go from being sad and like essentially crying that I'm going to miss this gig and miss my gig in a couple weeks to, all right, let's fucking go, dude. We're about to go fucking do comedy in another country, you know? And I'm very excited. You know, I'm headlining the first night. So that's very excited. And also, um, the club that I was working this past weekend, the comic strip in Edmonton, um, they have uh, one, two, three, four other clubs, five clubs total, I believe. They have Detroit, Dallas, Arizona, oh, Minnesota, and Vancouver. So they have six clubs total, right? And I've only worked... um, the Minnesota club and now this Edmonton club. I was supposed to work Vancouver um, right around COVID and then it got canceled and I haven't been able to get back in. They they switched bookers and it's just, you know, it's annoying. But, um, but the owner of the comedy club works or lives in Edmonton. So I knew that she would be there. So at least I would be able to, you know, showcase in front of her. And if she liked me, I could kind of get you know, kind of like the front of the line pass to go work the other clubs because I've been, you know, in communication with the other clubs, but because I'm kind of a nobody, you know, sometimes they get back to me and, you know, I've been going back and forth with a couple of them and they keep telling me to send me their, my avails and I do and I still don't get fucking booked. So it's just annoying. So I know that if I do well in front of her that I'm going to get that kind of, maybe not front of the line pass, but like, like, hey, like, let's go get them in, you know? So I'm excited, and I go to headline, and, uh, you know, I, I fly in, um, and I'm excited, because I've, I've never been to Edmonton, you know, and it's a, new, it's a new city, I don't quite know what the demographics are, but it's also a, another country, and, you know, it's like, you know, Canadians are, are similar to the U.S., like, you know, they watch our shows, they get most of our pop culture, you know, and also I've noticed every time I've gone to Canada, I've been to now, I've been to now Vancouver, Toronto, Lethbridge, and now Edmonton. Um, they're not as... They, they are PC to an extent, but you can get away with a lot more shit in Canada, like on stage at least, 
than you can in the U.S. Like, yes, people still get offended and whatnot, but it's it's not as bad as here, okay? And it's not even awful here in the U.S. There's just certain places like L.A., like probably New York and stuff where people, San Francisco, where people are a little uptight and they're looking to get offended and whatnot, but that is not the case in Canada. So, uh, you know, I go, I'm headlining, I'm very excited, you know, the staff is really nice, the club's fucking gorgeous, it's in the West Edmonton Mall, which is like basically the Mall of America that we have here, that's what that mall is there, um, designed by the same people, there's an amusement park inside, there's a water park inside, they have a wave pool, there's a fucking pirate ship for some reason, <laughs> like, this is, you know, it's just cool, you know, like, but like at the same time, like, I'm just, I'm... I don't know what they're going to be like, you know. Um, first night, I have a blast. You know, I get the headline. Wasn't a ton of people there, but I was told that it was a good turnout for a Wednesday night. So I'm like, well, that's cool, you know. I, I, I'm not uh, delusional in that I think that everyone's going to come when they see my name because they don't know who I am, you know. So I was happy with that. And oddly enough, uh, there was like 80% women at my show. Uh, the night I was headlining and I was like oh this is kind of nice so I don't know if there's like a not, to my knowledge there's no like ladies night discount or anything it just I'm gonna go with they all saw that there was a cute guy performing on Wednesday and it was a little bit cheaper than the weekend or I, d I don't know but I, w I was I was in it and there was a group of girls that were at the show uh, they were kind of sitting in the front row and you know, they're very cool. They were, they, were, they were totally into the material and, you know, kind of just... You know, I was I was engaging with everybody in the audience because, you know, when you have a small crowd, you kind of have to, you know. It, 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 makes you, it makes you a better comic if you do it that way. You know, you still do your jokes, but also, like, just talk to some people and see what happens, you know. Uh, but one of the girls was kind of hot. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, that was fun. There's there quite a few hot girls, actually. And I'll get into that later. But, um, you know, after the show, people come buying merch and, you know, all that. People adding me on social. And then these girls uh, just start talking to me and asking me questions about L.A. And, you know, telling me that, you know, one of the girls was a singer and whatnot. And I was like, OK, you know, like, do you want to you want to go? Uh, you want to go to the bar with us? We're going to go out right now. And I was like, yeah, because one of the girls was hot, you know, and I'm like, yeah, dude, let's fucking go. I don't got nowhere to be. I'm on the road, dude. I'm a fucking rock star right now, you know? Um, hung out, you know, kind of flirting with the hot girl. She's flirting with me. Um, you know, it's cool, you know, but, you know, I, I kind of get in the feeling that, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to close the deal because her friends are not attractive. And they kind of, even though they're very nice, they kind of seem like maybe like, you know, they would cock block me either on purpose or, you know, unintentionally. But it's kind of what ended up happening. But it was cool. Like we got, I got her number and it's like, whatever, dude, like, I, you know, I'm single. What am I supposed to do? You know? Um, so anyway, um, <laughs> I'll leave the rest uh, up to uh, interpretation, but. Um, just it was just fun. Like we hung out, you know. Went to a bar. We were doing like a, we were doing bingo, and there was like a dance contest. Uh, it, it was fun, dude. It, it was it was really fun. I, and you know, when I'm on the road, I like to do shit like that. Um, so the next day, Thursday, you know, I worked out. You know, got a nice hotel um, with a gym and breakfast and all that stuff. You know, because that's what I do now. <laughs> Uh, the first thing I look for is the gym, and depending on the price, I try to also get a hotel with breakfast, and that's two less things I have to worry about, because, you know, for the longest time, you know, before I had my Anytime Fitness membership, because there was actually an Anytime Fitness in Edmonton as well, but I didn't rent a car, um, you know, I would try to hopefully find the gym that I was a member of, which was 24-Hour Fitness or LA Fitness, depending on time. Uh, in my life, but, you know, a lot of times I have to go to a town, and, you know, I go to the local gym, and I try to be nice, and hope that they let me in for free, but sometimes they don't, and then I have to pay a gym fee, so now I just try to book hotels, you know, especially, you know, after all, all the roach incidents that I went through over the last couple of years, you know, I try to stick with Marriott, 
even though it's a little bit more expensive, get one with a gym, get one with breakfast, and that's two less things I have to pay for on my trip. So my hotel had a gym, my hotel had breakfast, did all that, uh, went for a run the first day. I think I did like two and a half miles or something, but it was like 20 degrees, so I had to bundle up, and it was snow everywhere, so that was a little bit challenging, and there I, I didn't really find a good running path. I kind of had to run around the streets and businesses and stuff. Uh, you know, I made it work. Uh, it's really, it, it's really interesting how I'm able to just run in these fucking literally below freezing temperatures now. It was 20 degrees, dude. I, I, I have the system now bundled up, up on top, three layers on top, three layers on bottom, gloves, ear warmers, actually two sets of ear warmers because my ears get really cold and so does my head. Um, and that's kind of like the system I have, dude. Like, no excuses. I got to get my miles in. I actually prefer running in the cold versus running in the heat but obviously i don't live in the cold so you know when i go somewhere it's just it's just not an excuse anymore now i won't run in the rain still i do not my, my feet are very uh my feet are very sensitive so i would blister up easily if i ran in the rain so uh i don't run in the rain but i will run in freezing temperatures and snow and all that good stuff so anyway um did that that was cool and then uh my uh, my friend Darren, who's the CEO of Performa.com, one of our sponsors, right? Um, you guys are very you guys are very familiar with the Performa products because I plug them all the time. But uh, he's actually based in Edmonton, so he took me to lunch. Um, you know, kind of touch base. Uh, he took me to this restaurant. It was really good, and I wish I remember the name of it. But <laughs> we walked in, and it was just every girl that worked there was like a ten. <laughs> we walked in and like the hostesses were fucking hot as fuck the servers were hot as fuck the bar and i was like dude okay darren thanks for bringing me here <laughs> and i was like i had no idea that edmonton had so many like like beautiful women like i've i've never heard of anyone speak of the talent pool in edmonton but it fucking exists dude like at the shows and then at this place and then i was just like okay like oddly enough uh, a lot of like alternative looking hot chicks like are there um like a lot of the girls are really hot but they all have like tattoos or piercings or like you know fun dyed hair of certain colors um some of them have the trifecta, you know, they have, they have piercings, they have dyed hair, and they have tattoos. It's, it's really interesting that the culture is like that, but, like, a lot of really beautiful women. And I, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very transparent on this podcast, but, like, you know, I'm still, I'm not trying to get over my ex. Like, I'm still, you know, very much in love with Ashton. Um you know, but we're not speaking because that's what she wants. And, you know, I, I don't want to put all my, all my business out there, but that's kind of the situation. So it's like, I still love her. I still miss her. But like, at the same time, like, a, what am I supposed to do? You know, I'm a single guy. I'm on the road. I'm, you know, I, I don't just, I just, I'm just, my point is, is like, this is like the first weekend that I was, you know, I've been on the road doing comedy as a single man where I'm like, Oh, there's, there's some hot girl. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, uh, I don't know. Um, so then he took me, uh, we went to, uh, uh, they have a supplement line. Uh, ah, fuck. I'm going to forget the name. Hold on. I don't, I want to do it justice because, uh, they've done a lot for me. Um, it is called, Thursday, 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 Thursday. Higher health. That's right. Higher health. They make, uh, they basically make supplements, uh, based in organ meat. Uh, yeah, you heard me right. So they, they make organ meat supplements. So like they have like a, a beef liver supplement. They have a beef heart, beef kidney, beef spleen. Um, basically like all the, all the organs that we don't really eat, um, in our diets, I mean, some people do like, you know, like a liver king kind of person. And if you guys don't know who the liver king is, holy shit, fucking just Google that shit. And, uh, it's such a character and it ended up being controversial of late because 
you know, he preaches about, you know, eating all the parts of the animal, you know, not wasting anything and how we need those nutrients, which we do. We don't really get all the nutrients that we need from our foods, which is why vitamins are, are important supplements and whatnot. But he's been kind of preaching all this thing like eating heart and liver, like raw. And it's, it's really fucking bonkers if you follow him on social. But um, for those of us like myself who are not adventurous enough to eat beef liver or beef heart or kidney or whatever um, but still get those nutrients because liver is the most nutrient dense food as far as like amino acids protein you know all the vitamins are in it there isn't a food that's more nutrient dense than liver but there's also I mean I don't personally like the taste of liver I just don't just like fish oil you know like you get your fatty acids, your omega-3s, all that stuff from fish, but, like, I don't eat fish. So, like, you, you take an omega-3 to get all those things. Um, so, with, with making a liver supplement, you know, an organ supplement, they make all these supplements. You know, they, they have all the beef there, all the organs there, and then they dry them out. And, you know, they basically turn them into powder and turn them into pill form. It's really quite fascinating. So he gave me a tour of, you know, their factory, you know, showed me all the meats and all the machines that they use to dry them out. And it was, it was really interesting. I, I really had, uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, you know, you know, you know me, like I'm at this point now, 43, you know, obviously health and fitness is a huge part of my life. It's always going to be a huge part of my life. And longevity is very important to me because, you know, one, I just want to live a long time, but two, you know, I'm. I'm getting a late start on my career in comedy. You know, I started at 33, which most people start, you know, 18, 19, early 20s, you know. So I'm kind of like 10 years behind, you know, a lot of my uh, colleagues and whatnot. Um, But also, like, I'm getting a late start on, you know, marriage and maybe kids. And so it's like I, I need to be healthy for as long as I can, which is another reason I take care of myself. But if there's other ways that I can continue to improve my health, like I'm going to look into that, you know, so, you know, organ meat is definitely a thing that is beneficial. I'm going to look into it and figure out what I should be taking for myself. Everybody's different, obviously. Um, but I got the tour and it was, it was very interesting. And so I appreciated it. And then we went to, uh, we went to a curling facility. Um, Curling's very, you know, curling like that fucking winter sport you see on the Olympics every four years where they're on the ice and they're like kind of bowling the thing down. It's, it looks like bowling, but like it, it's fucking, it was cool, dude. And, you know, we went and just, he showed me around the city and it was really the best time. And then the shows were great, dude. Like, seriously, um, I, I got quite a few uh, really good clips um, out of this weekend, which is all I ever ask for. I record all my sets and some great moments, um, which you guys will see as you, if you follow me on social, you know, that I'll start to post over the next few weeks. Um, just like, I don't know, man, like I'm just, uh, it's one of those things where, um, I'm going to butcher it. I always butcher it when I explain it to people, but you know, I read this book uh, a couple years ago called the war of art and it's by this author, and I've talked about it on this podcast before, but it's, his name is Stephen Pressfield. And basically, you know, I forget the term that he uses, but basically he talks about, like, if you're a writer, which I am because I have to write jokes, um, uh, doing the work, you know, doing the process, not letting distractions get in your way. And distractions can be anything. You know, it could be, it could be your phone. It could be the television. It could be your significant other, your kids, like anything that takes you away from the thing that you're supposed to be working on the writing you know that's it's a distraction and it's bad and so you know don't let it not letting those things get in the way but also you know making sure that you still every day set aside that time to write without distractions and getting it in and then you know even if you don't get anything out of your actual writing session the fact that you're putting the work in with that session, you know, can lead to, you know, you know, finding something new, you know, and I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've said it a million times, but, you know, I write every day. I do take a day off of writing 
just because I, I feel like I, I always need a day to just completely not work, not work out, just fucking completely rest my body, my mind, just, you know, watch my television shows or sports or go to a sporting event or, you know, just just something where I'm just not thinking, I'm not moving, I'm just, you know, maybe I go for a walk or something, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I, I need my rest days, both mentally and physically. Um, but, you know, in writing, you know, 90% of the stuff I write never sees the light of day, 90% of it's shit, and then that 10% is the gold that, you know, we end up putting up on stage. But, there have been moments where, you know, I'm on stage because, you know, I write things and then I don't always use them or maybe I try to use them and they don't work and then I kind of get discouraged and I don't try them again or, you know, maybe I reword it and try it that way. And there's, I mean, there's a million ways uh, to the joke writing slash performing, you know, process. Like what you guys see on stage, if you see me on stage for that matter, is a, is a combination of me writing, me getting on stage me recording my sets, you know, because sometimes I record, I mean, not sometimes, I always record my sets now, one way or another, and I watch them, or I listen to them, and when I watch them and listen to them, sometimes I say things, you know, sometimes the crowd is hot, and, you know, I, I might throw another word in there that I don't use, for some, it just comes to me, like, in the moment, and then people, it gets a laugh, so then I'm like, okay, well, that goes there now, like, there's been so many times where that's happened, where, like, I write the joke, and I say it, and then just organically something comes out of my mouth and it, it ends up being funnier than the actual punchline or do you know what I mean so I'm always filming stuff and recording it for that very reason and uh you know the couple of those things happen but like there, there have been times when I'm like I'm sitting on stage and kind of being in the moment and then something happens and then I end up remembering something that I wrote and then I say it and then it works I'm like fuck it does work like I just needed it in the right place or in the right moment and so what Stephen Pressfield says is like that's like that's like the reward that you're getting like it's almost like like you're praying to a god and not comparing it to god but like like how you pray to god not in the hopes of getting things but like you know he's going to take care of you and whatever like similar to that like you're 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 basically you're you're praying by, by writing and doing the work of writing and doing it every day and making it a point to set aside that time there you're going to put into that and then it's going to give back to you almost like the universe giving back to you and so there have been moments when like i said i'm I'm just kind of being free and in the moment on stage and then something ends up happening and the thing i say (coughs) is something that i wrote down at some point you know (coughs) hang on choking on something i'm not sure what um you know it ends up being something that i wrote down at some point and that's that's the reward god damn it hold on (coughs) ah i don't know what's stuck in my throat right now um so (coughs) jesus christ sorry guys um so like some really cool moments like that happened this weekend um, at the club, you know, um, you know, I was, I was, I was just, you know, I can't really describe it. You guys, I really can't, but you know, I know I've talked about it on here, but there's this feeling of like, you know, I can go on stage and if I want to, I can fucking crush every time every time and and the thing is too and the, here's a fun little tidbit so the guy that I that I was uh, opening for uh, the weekend uh, his name is uh, K Trevor Wilson he's uh, on a television show called uh, oh fuck <laughs> I forgot the name of the television show I'm a fucking asshole um now, uh, now I have to fucking look that up. Oh, a kill, uh, Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny. He's on this show called Letter Kenny. I've never seen it. I didn't know it existed until this weekend. And he's also a guest, or not a guest, he's a judge on uh, can, the Canadian Roast Battle. And I guess uh, Letter Kenny is also a show that's on in Canada, but it's also 
I guess you could watch it in the U.S. somewhere. But point being, um, he had fans. Like, everybody that was there was there to see him. Like, other than uh, when my, my friend Darren that I told you guys about from Performa, he brought a few people to come see me. And then there was actually one girl that followed me on social media that came um, to see me as well. But everybody else was there to see him. And he sold out four shows over the weekend. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Like, everybody was like, you know, when he when we he and I were hanging out in the back of the comedy club before the show, like, everyone was looking at him and pointing. Like, like he's, like, a kind of, like, a big deal in Canada. Like, he's kind of famous. And uh, it's hard... To uh, to go on stage when nobody knows who you are, um, and like do well because they they don't know there there's no rapport, they don't know your backstory, they don't know any of the inside jokes. Like once you have a following, you know, like if you're Jim Gaffigan or if you're Kevin Hart or someone that like has these stories and these characters, you know, like Sebastian now who talks about his wife and his father and like, you know, and, and people that do follow me obviously have kind of like an idea of who my dad was and stuff like that. And obviously who my, you know, who Ashton was and cause we talk about our lives, you know? Um, so for famous people, like they have that kind of built in rapport with their audiences. Um, so they can kind of just go up there. Everyone's already familiar with them. They're already, they, they know they're there to see them. So half of it is just them being happy that they got to see the person that they went to see, you know? And uh, it's hard to go up there when nobody came to see you and win them over just in general, you know, like if I'm just opening for somebody or whatever, like, especially if I'm not headlining. When you're headlining, there's a different, like, like people are already kind of giving you respect because you're the headliner. So you, even though they may not have necessarily heard of you, you know, some people, you know, when I'm headlining, you know, they, they will come up to me afterwards and say like, oh, I didn't know who you were, but I saw, I, I went on YouTube and saw some of your videos and thought you were really funny. So I decided to come out kind of thing. Like, you know, do, there are people that do their research, you know, that way. Um, but there's also just, if, and if they don't do it, there's just like a respect, like, okay, well, he's the headliner, so he must be credible kind of thing, you know? Um, but when you're not the headliner, it, you have to prove yourself, you know? It's, it's okay, here we go. We don't know you. Fucking make us laugh. So that's hard enough. But then when everybody else is there to see that, per, that, that famous person, so this is the first time that I've ever opened for somebody that had like a following like that like you know i've opened for people all the time you know but a lot of times it's you know at places like the looney bin or whatever where i am where i'm not necessarily opening for somebody that anybody came to see i'm just the middle act for the guy that they just came and that happens to be the you know what i mean um so this is like my first venture in opening for somebody that was like really famous and like i said he's really famous in canada and, you know, it was, I was, I was kind of scared because everybody was there to see him. And there's kind of like, you know, there's a little bit of rowdiness and there are still people talking because they don't care, but they don't give a fuck about you. They just want to see the guy they came to see, you know, but, you know, slowly but surely I was able to win people over. And you guys, I'm telling you the fucking, the audiences at Edmonton were so fucking like, they were just fucking awesome. Like they were with it. They weren't offended, although I did offend a prostitute over the course of the weekend. Hilarious. Um, she didn't appreciate my meth jokes about my dad and making fun of my dad for being in prison. She was offended, which leads me to believe that either she knows my dad or she's been to prison and or also on meth. Probably both, um, which is kind of a bummer because she was kind of hot. <laughs> I mean, she was a prostitute. It wasn't like I was going to pay to have sex with her, but, like, I did find her attractive, and I hate for attractive women to be offended by what I'm saying, but at the same time, it feels weird that they're, that you're a hooker and you're offended. Now, some of you guys might be out there saying, well, Peter, how do you know she's a hooker? I fucking know a hooker when I see one, dude, okay? She was 
you know, probably my age, maybe a little bit younger because she was probably weathered. So she probably looked my age, but was probably younger. You know what I mean? Um, really hot, smoking hot, actually. Um, but also with like an older, older dude who wasn't hot and obviously probably had money. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe she just after him for his money. Yes, but she was dressed a certain. It's just, I thought she was a prostitute. I was pretty sure she was a prostitute. And then he had like, like four or five friends at the table with him and she was introducing herself to everybody at the table. So yeah, she was a fucking prostitute. Oh yeah. And also she must have gotten up during the show at least five times, kept going to the bathroom. So you do the math. You know what I'm saying? Prostitute. Um, but it's just funny that she was offended, but everybody else dude was fucking on board. Like I told some jokes that I don't normally tell because they do offend people. But I could tell that these people were fucking in it, dude. And we were having fun. Um, I'm going to post a clip about it. uh, I don't know. One of these days. But, you know, some guy was kind of insinuating, like, if I wanted to fuck his wife. And he'd kind of be cool with it. And I was like, ugh. I had a girl offer me mushrooms. And I really would have taken them had, uh, had I known the dose. But she had the actual mushrooms and not like you know the microdosed portioned out like you know capsules or chocolates or whatever like i i i do want to take mushrooms again because i i think i just didn't take enough the time that i took them i told you guys a few months ago when ashton and i broke up um i would like to take them again but i want to take the right dose and if i'm taking if i'm eating the mushroom i just don't trust it I got to know exactly how much I'm taking. So I didn't take it. I had a girl offer to lick my asshole. Like, I mean, it was just a great fucking weekend, dude. It was so fun. And what made it even better was, uh, you know, I told you the, uh, the owner of this chain of comedy clubs was there. Um, and, uh, you know, I introduced myself to her. I was like, Oh, you know, I'm Peter. You know, nice to meet you. I'm very excited. You know, didn't try to seem like a fucking super desperate person, but you know, paying my respects and you know being professional and she said she had heard of me and I was like well okay now we're getting somewhere and you know she's very nice you could she's been in the business for a long time you know but she also knows comedy so it's like I I was really just wanted to do a great job which I did fucking crushed didn't fuck around when she was there um, she got to see me Thursday night and then she came back to the show on Saturday and I fucking crushed like I said, I wasn't fucking around with new material when she was there. I just went in it, and then she told me, you know, uh, to email the clubs and tell them that she said that, you know, to put me, you know, to get me in. And she said I could use her name, so I'm, I'm in, dude. I, I, I established what I wanted to fucking establish, and that's the kind of shit that I've done throughout my entire career. You know, go to places making shit money as an MC, although I wasn't MC and I was actually featuring, so I made some money this weekend, um, and I got to headline one night, so I, I made, I, I did, okay, between me and you guys, I made more money this weekend doing stand-up than I ever have in my entire comedy career, um, I sold more merch, I made more money on the job, like, it yeah it was the most money I've ever made in my entire comedy career so yeah I was excited but also it was a it was a not a gamble because I'm confident in what I can do like you know we've had this discussion or at least a one-way discussion on this podcast before like I'm just I just need that credit that that thing that that late night spot on the tonight show or you know, that part in a big movie or TV show or something to go viral, hence share my fucking clips when you guys see them. It helps. Anytime you guys, seriously, if I post a clip and you guys share it, that shit helps, okay? That's how things go viral, by people sharing it and sharing it and sharing it. No one's going to see it if people don't share it. So anytime you guys see a clip and you want to help me out, it costs you zero dollars to just click the share button and then let everybody else see it. Because if you share it, then someone else will see it. And maybe they'll think it's funny. And then they'll share it. And that's how shit goes viral, dude. And when shit goes viral, that's how you fucking 
get on the radar. You know, there's so many ways, and I just feel like I'm so close. I've, I mean, I've, I've talked about this before, but me going in there and basically showcasing for her and then having her tell me that I can fucking use her name and work all the other clubs, the club in Dallas, or it's in Plano, but basically Dallas, and the Detroit club that they just opened, and now I'm going to go to Phoenix and work that club, like... It's exactly what I fucking knew that I was capable of. Um, and I that's why I'm just like, it's such a, it's such a mind fuck, this business, you know, when you know that you have what it takes, you just need that, that thing, you know? So, um, it was fucking great, dude. Like I said, I had, I had the best weekend that the, the club was great. The staff, everybody that worked at the club was so nice. The servers were great. Like they took care of me. Um, the door guys, the security guy, like everybody was just super friendly. And C- Canadians are friendly. Like so many people after the show, you know, talked to me and, you know, thanked me for coming all the way up to Edmonton. And I'm just like, no, thank you guys. Like, this is my job. Like, I will go anywhere to do this fucking job. But like, it's my job to go and perform. And you guys made it really fun and really easy to do my job. So thank you. You know, if, if, if any of you guys from Edmonton are listening, you know, to the podcast. Thank you guys. I really, you know, there's been a couple weekends in my comedy career that I had a great time for various reasons. This is right up there. If, if not the best, most fun weekend I've had doing stand-up comedy, it's maybe number two or three. It's up there. It's Chicago Zanies, this club, the one weekend that I went to the Looney Bin in, in Little Rock where the, all the girls took us out and we went country line dancing and, you know, one of the girls that work at the club had invited me to her Super Bowl party because my flight wasn't until Monday and so we watched the Super Bowl at her house with all these random people with all this fucking great food and it was just like, like, there's been some really cool weekends but this was definitely one of them and like I said, it, it, it didn't. It didn't hurt that I made more money this weekend than I've ever made in my entire 10-year comedy career. Um, This is combined, you know, like I I, I sold more merch than I ever have. Um, I I sold out of my wristbands, so I'm kind of fucked. I had to order some more, but I have a gig next weekend and I'm not going to be able to have any wristbands. so I'm going to miss out on some money, but I guess by selling everything out uh, this weekend, it'll kind of make up for not having any wristbands next weekend, hopefully. but just a great weekend. And, and on top of that, you know, I want to thank Tammy and every, everybody at the House of Comedy or the comics. It, House of Comedy is the name of the club in all the clubs they have in the U.S. And then in Canada, they call them uh, Comic Strip. But, you know, I've talked about before how there are a lot of comedy clubs that don't pay, that don't feed us. You know, they give us maybe like a discount on the food or something, which is a bunch of fucking bullshit. I'm working your comedy club you can't fucking feed me dude that's fucking bullshit you know you're paying me shit anyway give me some fucking food um they fed us you know they feed us they pay us they fucking you know set up our merch table like I mean I, I've honestly I felt like a headliner I mean even though I did headline Wednesday night um I felt like a real headliner like I felt like a rock star all weekend and it was just a great feeling especially you know coming out of you know what I've kind of had to go through the last few months and working my ass off with with my day job you know when I'm here in LA and stuff like it was just a cool moment like kind of you know like it was a it was it was a very validating weekend just you know validating I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing my fucking material works I can fucking crush I can go to a foreign country and get fans I got like I got like 50 or so new followers on Instagram and Twitter, like just from the shows, like people fucking loved me. And it just, it feels great. Like it it really does. And it's, it just reminds me like I'm, I'm, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, yes, I'm not at the level I want to be yet, but like, I'm very close to being where I want to be. I just need that one thing. So, um, that's kind of it, dude. Like, you know, I got my workouts in, like I said, I ran in the snow, uh, four times basically I ran Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday um it was great dude like I got it in I still ate well you know I I had one cheat meal basically I had pizza at the club had some cheesecake last night 
um, or Saturday night. By the time it's last night for me, but um, just a fucking great weekend, man. I'm, 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 it felt great. It's just uh, you know, I, I, I honestly like it. It's just one of the best weekends I've had, and I I needed it, <laughs> you know. So uh, with that being said, you know it's January. Hopefully, you know, if you guys set fitness goals, you're still fucking, you're still, you're still in the saddle, man. Like, I know, you know, there's going to be days when you're unmotivated or you're tired. Trust me, dude. Like, I'm tired a lot, but it's important to me, man. And if it's important to you, your health, you got to have it, you know, you'll make the time. You'll, you'll make the time. You won't make the excuses. Like, you'll just fucking do it. So, you know, when things get hard, just keep on, man. Just stay consistent. Consistency is key. You know, don't yo-yo. Don't go, don't go hard for two weeks and then stop for two weeks. Just fucking stay consistent. You know, if there's one thing about me, it's that I've always stayed consistent. Um, and, I, and, you know, I say it all the time, but if I can do it, you can do it. Just fucking keep going. Keep pushing. You know, if you guys need help, you guys know I'm right here. Um, you know, it's, it's January. We're coming to the end of January. We're still three weeks in, but like, you know, it's keep that momentum going, you know? Um, I, 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 if I know you guys could do it, just fucking just to stay accountable, you know, post about it. If you're working out, tag me. I don't care. Um, if, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to be in Tucson this weekend coming up at laughs Tucson, another fucking great club with great staff, another club that feeds the comics, um, which I always appreciate, you know, like I fucking love it, dude. So, uh, I'll be at laughs this weekend, uh, the 20, uh, what the fuck is the date? The 27th and 28th. No, that's not right. 28th and 29th of January. What the fuck is Friday and Saturday? I'm sorry. The 27th and 28th. I'll be at laughs in Tucson, um, for four shows it's it's one of my favorite clubs and you know i'll be honest (laughs) i love working i love it i'll go anywhere but not every club is my favorite laughs is definitely i always have a good time um so if you're anywhere near tucson come see me there and then next week february uh 3rd and 4th i'll be back in edmonton but this time i'll be at the comedy factory which is another comedy club in edmonton and i'll be headlining so if any of you guys you know, saw me this past week featuring at the at the at the comic strip. And you want to see me do more time, run my full hour, come see me at Comedy Factory next uh, February third and fourth, Friday and Saturday. Um, um, that's it, though. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the camera ad pen adds ten pounds, and I'll see you guys next week for sure. I'll be back. I promise. Bye.